Welcome to the latest podcast from Greyfriars Church in Reading. Our vision is to see Reading transformed by the love and power of Jesus. You can find out more on our website, greyfriars.org.uk. Enjoy. Thank you very much, Kaisi. Good morning, everyone. Everyone all right? Great, great. Um, very quickly, uh, the people next to you, just very quickly, one minute. You've got one minute to tell them something that you find uncomfortable, a situation that you find uncomfortable in life, okay? I've got a few examples for you, just so you can get the right idea. Uh, when everyone's singing you happy birthday and you don't know where to look, it's a bit uncomfortable, yeah? Uh, when you've just taken your go at bowling and then you turn around and everyone's looking at you and you're not sure. Um, and when people are whispering next to you and you don't know what they're talking about, all of those things can be a little bit uncomfortable. Just for one minute, tell, tell, like, come up with some situations with the people around you. What do you find uncomfortable? Okay, okay, right. Well, I'd love to hear some of them. Um, if anyone says, talking to the person next to me <laughs> during church, that would be great. Um, anyone got any ideas? What, what kind of makes you feel uncomfortable? Anyone? Hands up. I mean, this is making me feel uncomfortable. Oh, yes, Belle. When someone's watching you park a car. Oh, yes. Yes, great. Anything else? Yes, here we go. When you bump into someone, you know, at the supermarket, and then you bump into them again and again, and you're like, do we keep talking? Nah, we're done. <laughs> yes, that's great. Um, oh, there's one at the back. Yes, I did want to go for a little run. Hi, Katie. When you greet somebody and you don't know whether you have to kiss or hug or nod, <laughs> and they go in for one, and you, yeah, it's just bad. Especially when they feel like they know you really well, and you're not sure who they are. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, well, there's loads of stuff in life that makes us feel uncomfortable, isn't there? Um, and also, there's a lot in this book that can make us feel uncomfortable. I don't know if you, how you felt when Kaisi was reading that to us, um, but the more and more I've read this passage this week, the, the more and more uncomfortable I felt whilst I was reading it and trying to work it out. Uh, one thing that makes me feel really uncomfortable is Natalie standing up here this time last week saying, everyone invite your friends, and then Dan will preach on hell. She didn't say that bit, but I've got this passage today about sheep and goats, and, and Natalie's been like, yeah, invite your friends and Dan will do that. Great. So that made me feel uncomfortable when I was preparing. So if you're new here today and you feel a bit uncomfortable being in church, that's okay. Lots of people do. And especially some of these passages like this. Because this passage today makes me feel uncomfortable. I don't know how you feel about reading this. Um, whether you've read it a hundred times before or this is the first time. But there's some stuff in here that is quite hard. It's quite difficult to grasp with and, and actually makes me kind of not really want to talk about it very much and just dismiss it and be like, oh, well, that's something that's happened and, and Jesus said that, but there's lots of other things Jesus said that we can focus on. And so today, part of today will be just being willing to sit in that discomfort and be like, actually, some of the stuff that Jesus said is quite hard, and we don't necessarily like it. Hopefully, some of you have been like, I'm going to grab the Bible and find out what's actually, what Dan's actually talking about there, because I wasn't listening in the reading. Um, but, but what we're going to do is, um, oh yeah, great, some people are grabbing Bibles. Um, 
So we're going to dive into it in a minute, um, but I'm going to give you a little context to the passage first. Uh, This is probably the last parable that Jesus told on his time on earth. It's kind of a parable, half parable, half not, because he's quite blunt, but then he adds in animals to make us kind of understand it a bit better. Um, And just before this, he talks about um, the the one that we had last week with the the bridesmaids and being prepared and being ready for for Jesus coming back to earth. And then the next parable we told was about the talents and and how like we need to like use what God's given us and honor our master. And and if you don't, then you'll be punished. And and there's that sense of fear there. Um, And then just after this, Like the very next passage in Matthew 26, you get Jesus being plotted against, you get him in Gethsemane, he prays his last prayers, and then eventually, you know, within a couple of chapters, he dies and is resurrected. And so like that's, this is like the end of Jesus' story, basically. This is towards the end of his story. And sometimes it it feels like, as we get to these words of Jesus, we're like, it doesn't quite feel like the Jesus I know that much. I'm just going to say these things and hopefully you can resonate and you know I don't know if you're allowed to say these things in church but but actually like it doesn't feel like the Jesus that we teach in Sunday school when you read through this passage and I know they're doing this passage this morning I'd be interested to know what they're saying um but this this is a Jesus who feels a bit uncomfortable who's being really blunt and the way that I kind of was working through this was so some of you will know I'm a youth worker here at Greyfriars um and so I work with 11 to 18-year-olds mainly. And so I see like whole year groups go through, through church and through um, all of that. And, and what happens is when they get to the end of sixth form, so like they're just about to think about the next steps in life, whether that be university or, or work or whatever, I change my tone with them if they haven't followed Jesus yet. <laughs> And you'll, you'll be able to understand why, because because my heart is for them to know Jesus as best as possible, because I believe that he he like gives real life, true life. And so, if after seven years of gentle, gentle, like like I'm going to love you, love you, love you, and, and like this is like I'm just going to be really kind and gentle all the time. If it gets to that like summer before they go to uni, I'm like, you need to make a decision about your life. You know, I just changed my tone a little bit because I'm like, I haven't got long with you. I don't care if you like me anymore. <laughs> it doesn't matter because I want you to know Jesus. I need to push you into knowing Jesus. I want to, I want to just say, like, this is really important. And so if you're at the back there with young, as, as youth and you're, you know, getting to that stage, yeah, be aware that might come. Um, but that happens. And, and I think that's partly what Jesus is doing here. This is the best example I could think of it. It's where he's like, I'm coming to the end of my life, basically. I've said everything. I've done really gentle things. I've, I've tried to like, love everyone really kindly into the kingdom. And I'm going to die soon. And then I have no more words left to say. So I'm going to be really blunt. I'm just going to tell you how it is. And that's kind of what he's doing here, I think. That's, that's kind of how it works for me. Um, so, today we're going to look at some of those uncomfortable things. Um, sorry for the super long introduction. We're getting there. Um, we will get to this passage. But what I'd love you to do is, um, with the people around you, read this passage again. So, you're going to want to open it up. It's Matthew 25. Grab a Bible, please. Uh, we're going to engage with these words here because these words are Jesus' words. And I think they're just absolutely crucial for us. And we can't just avoid them. So Matthew 25, verses 31 to 46. They're on the screen, or the, like, the references on the screen. Um, and I'm going to read it through again. And as we read it, I want you to think about what makes you uncomfortable. Okay? 
what makes you uncomfortable. And then we're going to chat with the people around us about that. And then you have a chance to text it in as well. So I know what makes you feel uncomfortable. That sounds a bit weird. But um, so that's what we're going to do. I'm going to read it again. So think about what makes you feel uncomfortable about what Jesus is saying here. When the Son of Man, so that's Jesus, comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his throne in heavenly glory. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when do we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When do we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. They will also answer, Lord, when do we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. So, you've heard it again, you've got it in front of you, you've read it. Uh, what is it that makes you feel uncomfortable about what Jesus is saying there? So, turn to the people around you. There's, we'd love you to text in. I'd love to know what makes you feel uncomfortable so we can talk about some of those things. And hopefully I, makes, it's the same as me and then we can talk about them. Um, so, the number is on the screen. Uh, hopefully you can see that. If you can't, you can get up and walk to a screen. You just have to start your message with the word Greyfriars. Um, and then it gets through to our system, okay? You've got five minutes to do this. Make sure you text something in in a few minutes. Off you go. There's so much power in music stopping, isn't there? I'm not ready yet. <laughs> um, we'll go anyway. Um, thank you for your responses. Genuinely, they're just so honest. And I'm really glad I asked as well because... Some of that stuff is, is really, if we don't address some of it, it's, um, it's dangerous. Someone, you know, someone who has said, uh, this passage leaves me questioning my salvation. Um, what if I've lost my salvation for not being kind enough to others, even though I've tried hard to build a relationship with God? That question comes, that has come up a few times. Um, what about uh, how much is enough to be saved? Aren't we saved by faith and not by our actions. That's a big thing that comes through here, isn't it? Someone says it's very binary, like it's split up. There's, there's nowhere in between. Um, and so lots of, like there's some great, I, th I think if nothing else from this morning, you're not the only one that feels like this when you think about Jesus. <laughs> and when you hear passages like this, and when you read, like it's hard. And I think sometimes we can make it seem easy um, to interpret all of this and work it all out. But I think it's okay to sit with some of that discomfort um, I'm, I'm going to give you some answers. I'm going to help understand some of it. Um, but not everything will be answered, and that's okay. I think it's a lifelong journey of working out 
what Jesus is talking about most of the time, and that's okay. So um, thank you for your like very insightful um, text messages. I'm going to kind of deal with these. Uh, I, I predicted what you were going to write um, because I feel the same. Basically, I wrote down my uh, issues with this passage, my discomforts. I tried to find some answers to some of them. I didn't to others, and we're just going to sit in that place. Um, so I kind of put them into four categories, and they kind of mainly fit into four categories in what you've written, which is brilliant. Um, thank you for being so obliging to my sermon. <laughs> it's really kind. Um, so the, idea, the, first, the first thing we're going to think about is this idea of fear and death. Um, this bit didn't come up too much. Um, but this idea that we try and scare people into the kingdom, um, it, you can use this passage to try and, to try and bring people to Jesus uh, out of fear. You know, like, if you don't do this, you're going to go to hell. That's been preached through several generations, um, partly because those generations were at war and it was really difficult and there was a genuine impending potential death, and so they had to prepare themselves. But we would much rather think about... Um, how Jesus can change our life here and now, don't we? Build a relationship with the King of Heaven. Um, the peace that we can kind of experience from, from God and from knowing Him and the difference that we can make in this world. And I think some of that, like all of that's brilliant, and I'm not saying we need to go out and preach fire and brimstone on the street corners every day, um, but maybe we've lost something of the fear of God in our hearts and in our lives. Um, maybe we've, we've kind of gone for this meek and mild Jesus when actually we've just dismissed some of what he said. Um, as, and, and I think that's dangerous because, well, the Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Like our wisdom starts with some sort of fear. Um, not to the point where we run away from God and we're scared and we're terrified, but to a point where maybe we recognize how powerful he is and, and that his words carry real weight. And that's what happens here. Um, the way that I like to think about it is like a healthy fear of fire doesn't stop you warming yourself by it, does it? But it does stop you being reckless around it. I find that really helpful to think about our relationship with God and with Jesus. Actually, let's not be reckless with his words. Let's take them seriously, but not run away from them. It would be wise to kind of spend a bit of time. And with that, with the idea of death, actually, like death is a scary thing that we don't talk about very much, isn't it? In our, in our society, in our culture, death is not really addressed very much. But Jesus is not scared of talking about death. And, and, and we're actually, and from your text messages, there are a few there that say, I'm, like, I'm scared of where I'll end up, basically. Where, where will I go? When you read this, you're like, I don't know where I'll go. And, and I, would, I would suggest that that's just something that we need to work through in our lives. I don't have the answers to all of this, but Jesus is coming again, and we need to, we need to be in a right place with him as we go through life. We're going to move on because that one wasn't majorly covered in your, in your thing. This, the next one was this idea of division. Someone said it's in, like, really too binary for me. Like it's sheep and goats. There's nowhere in between. And we are part of a kind of a generation and a culture that, um, that likes to say everyone's welcome. And I think that's a brilliant thing. Like ev everything should be accessible to everyone all the time. There's groups for every group of people and everyone should get involved in everything. 
And, and all of that is great, but, but Jesus doesn't necessarily sign up to the same thing when he's talking about this. It can make me feel uncomfortable when I'm reading this because there's a divide. Because people are divided. Um, there's a group of people here, the sheep who get in to eternal life with God, and there's a group who don't. Like, that's just what Jesus says. There's no gray area in between. I quite like the gray areas in between. Do you like the gray areas where you're like, you can sit somewhere in the middle, sit on the fence somewhere? Um, I've got a picture I'd like to show you. This is a geep. Or a shoat. Um, <laughs> there's no geep or shoat in this, in this parable, are there? Like, this was an accidental shoat um, on a farm in Ireland, a wild goat and a farm sheep and this thing popped out. Um, they're very rare. Um, and in Jesus' story, there's, no, there's none of those. It's one or the other. It's either side. And that makes us feel uncomfortable. Um, sheep get eternity with God and, and goats don't. Um, I was talking to Mel, my wife, about this. And she said, well, it's not like... One side get to eat Ben and Jerry's ice cream and the other side get magnums. It's actually quite extreme, isn't it? Like, one go to heaven, one go to hell. And you're like, well, that's, that's pretty extreme. And we don't like talking about it or thinking about it, and I understand that. It makes me feel uncomfortable. And, and, and part of that is your text messages, so many of them are personal. It's like, what about me? I, I, I'm wondering, what, like, is my relationship with God enough? Am I a sheep or a goat? And I think that's going to that's gonna come through as we, as we do. I think Jesus is telling this story so that we think about our own situation, who we are and what we're doing with the people around us and the way that we're interacting with Jesus. But then it also makes us think about our families and those people that, we, that, that are in our families who don't know Jesus. And, and we think, well, what are they? Where are they at? And then we think about our friends and we think about the people that we work with and all of those. And we're like, and, and actually the more we think about people, the more difficult this passage becomes, doesn't it? Um, and I think that's really hard. I, I'm, as I say, I'm not really giving you any answers. I'm just saying this is uncomfortable. And, and we need to spend a bit more time with this passage, more time than I've got this morning to work it out. But there's this separation. And we're, we're kind of almost fearful of where we are and where others are. And other people have texted in saying they're, they're unsure. Well, they just have regrets over the, the opportunities that they've missed with their friends and their family. And that's totally understandable. If you're like reading this and you're like, well, I should have told them about Jesus. Maybe I should have told them about Jesus before they died. Like it's hard, isn't it? There's so much here that makes us uncomfortable. And, and we just need to work through that. And I keep saying that, but but I don't have an answer. I don't, I, fortunately for everyone, I don't make up the rules. <laughs> These are just Jesus' words. We need to hold them in the context of the whole of Scripture and then work through them. And, and another thing, so we're going to go into the third one. And we might land around here somewhere. That question of where's the grace? When we think about salvation, we think about everything we know about the Bible, about what we've been taught in church, about Jesus, everything seems to point towards this idea that faith is a gift and we get to heaven through faith and, and actually it's all grace. You know, we don't deserve any of it. 
We don't deserve salvation. Jesus has gifted us everything we need by dying on the cross for us. And then we read this passage and he says, it's about, who you, about how you treat people. How does that fit? What on earth? Is, does that make anyone feel uncomfortable? That, that like, idea of where's the grace and where's, do I have to earn it? What if I don't treat people well, but I still believe in Jesus? How does that, how does that work? Um, it's, it's hard, isn't it? I'm, I'm going to help clarify some of this. Um, verse 34, if you open up your Bible again, verse 34, I think, is really key. Um, it says, then the king will say to those on his right, so that's the sheep, come you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. That word inheritance, I think, is really, really important. I don't think Jesus used it by accident because he makes this invitation to the sheep to come, to, to like, enter his kingdom, to inherit the kingdom, to live with God forever. And when you think about that word inheritance, <clears throat> what do you need for something to inherit, to inherit something? Normally two things. Someone to die and for you to be connected to that person. Yeah? That's normally how it works. It gets passed down when someone dies. And I think Jesus is using the word inheritance here to say, look, as I die, it's passed down as a gift. You don't have to earn your inheritance, do you? If you've ever inherited anything, it's not because you're a really good person normally. It's because you're connected to someone who had everything and they gave it to you. And that's how I see this word inheritance, like changing this, this whole concept here. Because someone called Jesus died for you and gave you a gift. And that gift is salvation. And you inherit that, not because of what you've done or what you've earned in any way. And even right at the beginning of that, like that, first, that verse is, come, you who are blessed. There's that invitation, come to me. Jesus uses that word all the time. He's like, come to me, you who are like weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Come and follow me, Jesus said to some fishermen. And, and they followed him. And he says, come, you who are blessed by my Father, and take your inheritance. There's that invitation to just come. And I think when you combine that idea of coming to Jesus with inheritance, receiving something you did not earn because you're connected to someone who died, I think that helps to clarify some of this. And then it moves on and, and then talks about all of these works that they do and how we treat people. And I think this is important because what they're doing, what Jesus says in the passage um, is it's almost as if you were, you were doing it for me. Yeah, you see that? He says, whenever you fed someone or whenever you gave someone something to drink, you did it for me. And there's that sense of who, when you're serving anyone, who are you serving? You're serving Jesus. And so if you're here today and you are unsure, having read this passage about your salvation, the invitation is to come the gift of your inheritance is the kingdom that Jesus died for. And then all he's saying is, serve me. And some of that will look like serving the poor, visiting those who are ill. Naturally, our, our, our lives will change because we see people, we see the image of God in other people. And then we serve Jesus. And so if you feel like here today, you're, you're unsure of your salvation, <laughs> just remember to come. 
He's died for you, given you a gift that you did not earn. And then he says, and then serve me. Because anyone that you serve is like serving Jesus. And so I think, like, I don't know, is that helpful for anyone? It's probably not everything. I mean, it's like only five minutes looking at that. Um, youth group normally nod or shake their heads. Is that helpful? Okay, good, good. Uh, normally they shake their heads. <laughs> um, then there's the final one, I mean, and we're just going to land here. It's just about, like, what, is, what about me? And this is where we're going to move into communion. Um, like, so many people are saying in your messages, like, what, what about me? Where do I sit in this? And, and we kind of jump straight to the idea. And, and I feel uncomfortable too, because I read this. I'm like, where, where am I? The invitation for Jesus, from Jesus to come is, is there for everyone, for all people. And we're going to share communion shortly, where we just get to see his body, like the, the representation of his body and his blood shed for us. And it's that chance for us just to say, yeah, Jesus, I, like, I, I'm, I'm yours. I receive that inheritance of the kingdom. I receive your body. I receive your blood. I, I, I'm part of who you are. I'm part of your kingdom. And, and you might feel uncomfortable having read this, and I think that's fine. I, I, I think, honestly, that's okay. Um, and I, wouldn't, I, I would be really concerned if you walked out of this, out of this building feeling like, yeah, I've got that sorted. <laughs> This whole Christian thing, this sheep goats, this serving the poor, feeding the hungry. Like, I, th- I think it's okay for us to say some of this stuff in church is hard. And even if you're feeling uncomfortable, like, what am I doing to serve people? What am I doing to help those in need? Like, that's a, that's a healthy discomfort as well. And I'm not going to resolve that for you. I, need, I want the Holy Spirit to do something within you that says, actually, rise up that compassion that spurs us on to go and serve Jesus in our communities, to go and serve Jesus in our church, in our, in our workplace. Um, so there's not really a big ending. There's no big points to hate, take home. I'm just glad we've grappled with this passage a little bit. And I, I just hope you, that we haven't glazed over it and said, like, easy things to say. But we've addressed that it's difficult and some things in our faith will be. And, it can be, and if this is your first time at church... I'm sorry, maybe. <laughs> um, but it's great to have you. <laughs> Welcome. Um, I'm going to pray, and then Natalie is going to come and lead us in some communion. And maybe uh, we'll just sit in that moment of discomfort and ask the Spirit to, uh, to work in us. Jesus, we thank you for your words. Even when we don't like them, we don't understand them, we find them difficult or uncomfortable. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would, over this coming week or two, Lord, just stir in our hearts something new, some clarity, as we sit in that place. And Lord, we pray you'd stir compassion in our hearts as well, to serve the people around us, because we're serving you. And Jesus, we thank you ultimately for the gift of salvation. As we celebrate communion together, as we think about you who died for us, 
to pass on the kingdom. Jesus, we celebrate your death and your resurrection together as your kingdom people. May we receive something new and fresh of your love and your grace today. And I really want to pray for anyone today here who feels like they're unsure of themselves. And maybe if that's you, you just want to do something to, to show God that, like put your hand on your heart or put your hands out or something. I, I'm not, no one's looking. And, and God, I just pray that each person here would know that they are loved by you, welcomed into your kingdom if we accept that invitation. Jesus, make us sure of your love for us and your grace today. In your name, amen.